0: Empire Hello and welcome to my podcast Do me a favor and subscribe to the John Com Report Wherever you get your podcasts You can find us on YouTube when you get there Like button, subscribe button, go to Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E It's always much appreciated Today, it's Monday, August 22nd, and here is your practice report. Now, keep in mind, the training camp is officially over, but the practice is open to the media this week for the last time this season. Starting next week, we'll get about 20 minutes view, so there will be no more daily practice reports because there's really nothing to report from practice, but there is still stuff to talk about now. Let's get to the big news of the day, and that's tight end Logan Thomas was activated off the Physically Unable to Perform list. Remember, he tore his ACL on December 5th, at the Raiders game, and this is a, obviously a big step for him. We don't know yet know what it's going to mean for him for the season opener, or or when he's going to be back officially as part of the as part of the the on the field, right? But here's what we know. So Thomas did say that he expects to practice sooner sooner rather than later. That's a good sign. He did say that his power numbers when they were doing some tests with his legs that were better than they were at this time a year ago. That's a good sign. As far as being ready for week one, Thomas told reporters today or told us today in his press conference that he, he of course, that's his goal. It's not an all in for week one, but it is his goal. However, he said that if he has to wait another week or two, then he's going to do so, but he's going to follow what they say. Ron Rivera would only say that if he continues to progress as he is, good things are ahead. But it's good to see for them to see Thomas back on the field. Because there's nobody in that tight end room. John Bates is still out. Cole Turner still out. And I'll get to them in a minute. More on Thomas. So he he particip- participated in individual and group drills today for the first time again. No word yet on the full team again. Like I said earlier, but during one of these special teams drills, he was off on the side field working with Carson Wentz just on running some running a couple routes and starting to get the timing down that those two need to get down. They haven't worked together. That could be a big deal. It could lead to possibly a slow start. The good thing for Thomas is that he's a very trustworthy target. That's what somebody. That's what a quarterback always wants. So if they know they start to get the feel like this guy is always going to be there, then I can throw the ball. That's when that's that's going to help expedite that timing, that rhythm, that chemistry. Thomas also is someone that you can throw a contested ball to, knowing that there's a good chance he's going to come down with it because he's able to muscle guys. He's not a guy who always just creates this unbelievable separation like a Jordan Reed would, but he is a guy that plays strong and plays big. That will help, get again, get that chemistry going, I believe. Now, as far as Bates and Turner, <clears throat> again, still working on the side field. Uh, so is Curtis Hodges. But what, what I saw them doing today is they I saw them running some sprints, probably about for, for um, Bates, about three-quarter speed. For Turner, maybe a little bit faster. And then I did see them both pulling some a weighted sled around with um, something wrapped around their waist, with a band around their waist. And then after practice, I, Turner, I saw Turner working for about 15 minutes, just, I've talked about this before, but on some uh, footwork drills, blocking drills, et cetera. That was a good 15, 20 minutes. That's a good sign for his progression with coming off that hamstring. They absolutely want to take that slow. I mean, he's been out for more than two weeks, and if it was a light hamstring injury, that could be a th- end up to be a three- to four-week injury which would put him another week and a half or so, but would put him on pace for the opener. The problem is as a rookie, he doesn't have that. He needs to get more time on the field. It always sets rookies back. I do think there's a way that he can contribute early, but if Bates is healthy, then that obviously lessens the need for Turner to be healthy. And I think if Armani Rogers continues to progress, it at least gives them somebody who can help in certain packages. But then I also worry about John Bates because again, there isn't any timing that he, he doesn't really have any timing with Wentz. He's worked more with him than uh, Logan Thomas has, but he doesn't have a deep level of that. But for Bates, what his big strength, of course, is blocking. They're going to need somebody who can handle the role like he does. So, But again, not back yet. Don't know when they're coming back. As far as some other injuries, Andrew Norwell. Ron Rivera would not say what was bothering Norwell, what, what his injury was. We don't know what it is. We don't know when he's coming back. It's never a good sign if he's not going to discuss what those injuries are because, as he said, he doesn't have to yet. But when they're minor things, you usually hear, oh, it's a a little minor tweak here and there. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's good or – I don't know if it's bad or or what it is, but all I know is he hasn't been out there, and Wes Schweitzer was back today. Trey Turner still out. And so there's – that's the update there. Um, Let's get to Antonio Gibson because – I think he's going to continue to be a topic of conversation because this team is not done with meow. I know a portion of the fan base was ready to move on after that preseason opener. This team is not because I think you saw some of the things that they feel he can do against the Kansas City Chiefs. You saw that the other night starting with the kickoff, the opening kickoff return. Ron Rivera has talked about wanting to get him the ball in space. That's one way to do so. On that opening kick, if, that, if the spacing was a little bit better on that left side, there's a chance they could have created a crease for him that would have led to a much bigger return. So look for him to continue in that role, especially if Brian Robinson continues to be the num- the main back, at least on rundown situations. The other thing that Gibson gives them is the versatility on offense. You have two running backs out of your top three who can pl- who can run routes pretty well out of the backfield or from a slot formation. And that's, what, that's where I think Gibson remains valuable to them. I know some people will say, oh, he was a re- receiver in college. Yes, but he would not have been drafted as high as he was had he been drafted as a receiver. It would have been a few rounds lower. And therefore, maybe maybe not a guy that you're you know you're a guy who's going to work in certain packages. But what he does do, though, is he creates matchup problems. And if you want to run him out of the slot, he can. If you want to run him out, out wide, he can run a couple routes outside. But he's really good running. He's good as a matchup issue running out of the backfield. J.D. McKissick is one of the best at that in the NFL, but Gibson has certainly improved in that area, and he knows how to catch the ball. So I think you saw a couple of plays the other night. First one was a screen pass that he took from Heineke, and watch on the play. The ball's a little bit high, but he goes up, he makes a nice grab, and is able to turn up field, a nice athletic play. You saw that a couple of years ago when he was a rookie, his ability to catch wide catch radius, it catch balls down at his, at his ankles, catch a ball um, up high or out wide. That is something that he has done well. And then, so you saw that on that play, got eight yards on that screen. A couple plays later was that 22 yard game. What I liked about that is essentially it turns, it seemed like it turned into almost like a, a route tree out of, or a route out of a bunch formation because he was lined up on the right side. There were two receivers to the right. De'Ami Brown was one of them and he goes inside. But on the play, you have Gibson is lined up maybe over the tackle or so. You have a linebacker directly across from him in a one-on-one situation. So Gibson runs basically to the behind that double the double receiver side, and creates like a bunch. The running the linebacker is playing sprinting hard to the outside, and Gibson takes a sharp cut back to the inside, and and he's wide open. And Heineke does a nice job waiting for not just Gibson to clear. But Deami Brown to clear because his guy, if he throws it too soon, his guy makes a five-yard stop. Now Danny Brown was also open to that play, but he makes a good makes a good shows good patience. Gets it to Brown. Excuse me to Gibson, who then makes the defender miss, which was Brown's guy. So that was a nice play by him. It shows what it shows why they're not going to give up on the guy, especially when they see him doing that in the open field. Finally, what this offense has with these backs because of their skill set is a backfield that if you want to tap into that versatility, you can use multiple two-back sets and switch up who those two backs are, Robinson and Gibson, Gibson and McKissick, uh, Robinson and McKissick, because all those guys – now, Robinson in those situations is going to be running – he's going to be a ball carrier. But if you go – you could put the other two together and create situations where who's going to get the ball, who's going to maybe go out on a route, and then you pair it with maybe two receivers and a tight end now you have a different sort of defensive dilemma as far as how are you going to defend that. And then they can react off that accordingly. Again, it always sounds great on paper, but I do think that when you have the skill set, if you're trying to get ways to get on the ball, I think you I, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw some packages like that down the road. Because again, it, you know, we saw that back with Philly back in the day with Sproles and LaShawn McCoy. If you have guys who have that, maybe it doesn't work all the time, but you can do it. And then you throw Curtis Samuel in that mix as well and it gives you even more versatility and flexibility. Got to get first downs on third down. But if you do, you can start to, if you start to get some momentum, you can start to go to different packages like that. But it starts with the flexibility. And again, I think you saw that the other night. They're not giving up on that kid, nor should they. Now, a couple of things that I also want to talk about, including the defensive line, and one of the things that Ron Rivera talked about after the game, I was very disappointed in the rush discipline. And I think there were a couple of times, like, he mentioned Montez Sweat after the game. He also mentioned another play that turned out to be something that Casey Tuhill did. I saw a time where it looked like James Smith-Williams lost contain on the edge, and Mahomes gets outside, makes a crazy throw that only Mahomes can make. And then there were a couple of times the backups, guys who may play, and Bram and I talked about this on the podcast on Sunday, which was uh, guys like F.E. a couple of times maybe getting out of their lanes, needing to be more disciplined with what they're doing because those guys may end up playing. So even though they're backups, they're going to be part of that rotation. You better be able to count on that. And so like on one of the touchdowns, for example, Casey Tulhill gets upfield probably against a guy like Mahomes. You don't want to be rushing past him. And he rushed about 10 yards of field, probably going to be about seven, eight yards and cutting in well, what, what happened on this play is John Allen was double teamed to his left. So he's not getting upfield much at all. Well, two gets way upfield. Now you have a huge lane and it wasn't that Mahomes ran through it, but it gave him a clear passing lane that allowed him to find um, the receiver moving to the corner and barely sneaking in a throw in there just on the other side of cam curls hands. But it was that passing lane vision that helped him. Wasn't that Mahomes created a run play out of that or a crazy play out of that but it did buy him it did give him a very clean look and that's something that Rivera has talked about and I think they need to get that squared away the funny thing is like hill and James with williams their rep last year was it was really more as much about hey they, they do what these coaches asked them to do they're very consistent so you know that but that was one play that Rivera did talk about after the game let's go to practice now and I do want to go to A couple other things, like, first of all, I forgot to tell you Charles Leno was back today, and I think I did tell you Wes Schweitzer was back. So you had two more of their top offensive linemen back on the field, and that's something that they obviously needed to see. Um, I thought Jamin Davis made another nice play in practice today, and again, it was coverage. And we've talked a lot about his coverage, so we know he's done well there. What we need to see is his effectiveness consistently against the run, and that means getting to the right gaps more often than not, obviously, as much as possible. Um, but also, you know, that's the area that he needs to really make an impact. But in the coverage, he's been very good. And a lot of it comes back to the athleticism, the ability to sink his hips and, and react to quick twitch. There was one route today where they have Gibson and Samuel on the same side and who's cutting inside, who's cutting outside. And there's two quick guys there. Well, Gibson kind of fakes out, cuts back inside, but Davis's reaction was really good. And he broke up the play because of it. And it, I'm, I'm honestly very surprised because I thought it was a, you're watching it like this is gonna this could be a really nice play for the offense as an example of what they could do. Instead, it turned out to be an example of what Davis can do in coverage. Now, he's again be more consistent against the run. I think I want to see more from those linebackers as we all do, um, just about their consistency, whether it's in coverage with Holcomb, whether it's against the run, and less hesitation overall. Can they get there? And we'll find out in a few weeks where they're really at. They they have to make five more cuts on Tuesday to get down to 80 guys on the roster right now they have 85 they need to make five more on Tuesday usually there are no surprises the next the final cuts are a week from Tuesday unlike in the past it was always that Labor Day Saturday that that weekend this time it's now it's they moved it last year to that Tuesday before that so we'll find out the final 53 a week from tomorrow finally on the quarterbacks, I know I hear from a lot of you guys about the soft coverage, the soft coverage. A couple of things to give you to, to think about, or at least to um, broaden the context of some of those coverages. First of all, we all see the same things, right? And there are times where I think it's is, it is a definite issue. And you see, especially on William Jackson, he tends to play on average about a yard deeper than Kendall Fuller on the other side. Now, I remember talking to somebody about this last year and as a sign of, is it sign of his comfort level in zoning still learning to play in zone and learning to see the way he wants to in that coverage and give him a longer look without having to worry about getting beat deep fuller much more experience in this area and I think it shows now Saturday I think there were like two couple times where that star those starting corners would have been up one time it was just Jackson up I think one time it was fuller up um but so they weren't it wasn't a big deal the other night the only time it really hurt Jackson in coverage, was on one of the opening drive, I think it was the opening drive where he gave up probably about a 10-yard catch, but there was like five yards of cushion when the receiver caught the ball, and that's just too much. And I think that's something that like, I don't know if that's still a comfort level or what that is, but I do know when people talk about this, keep in mind that Fuller is really good playing out of off coverage. Now, you don't want to be nine to 10 yards off the ball, clearly, but that's not where he's lining up. I go by off the ball, so like seven yards off the ball or so, but Fuller does a really good job reading and then driving in the ball because he broke up a couple plays in that coverage the other night and he made a couple plays down the field in part because of his ability to you know, how he reads the route combinations, knows what's coming, et cetera. The funny thing is Jackson, the one time he got in trouble the other night was on that defensive pass interference is when he was in press coverage. That's coincidence, right? Um, however, you know, I still think that's what he does best. So but to, your, to the points, like, yes, you don't want to consistently be in soft coverage because it can be an easy pitch and catch for a quarterback if they want to take it. There was really only one time it hurt them the other night, but there were a couple other times where it was open. But some of those big plays, it was not because the corners were playing soft. It may have been because of safety and coverage. There were a couple times the safeties didn't, were, um, either lost their man or were just beat. A couple times it was linebacker area. So it wasn't just the corners, oh, my God, not, not with the starters. Um, but the other thing to keep in mind, we're watching in practice. I'm seeing Jackson getting up there and pressing a decent amount. So I, I do think it's going to be part of what they do this year. But I just don't, you know, the other night they certainly didn't show it. There are times where they mix it up more. It just so happens that when somebody gives up a pass and if there's soft cover or softer coverage, people are going to notice that. And, you know, but there are reasons for that. But again, you know, I think the best thing teams do is vary the coverages and keep teams guessing. But to to all that, I have noticed Jackson playing some press, and he was doing that today as well. And I think that's something he does very well. So, yes, like you guys, you want to see him being used the way he needs to. But keep in mind, the guy on the other side, Kendall Fuller, does really well in zone coverage and playing off his guy because he knows he seems to get a good read on what is coming. So there you go. That's the practice report for Monday, August 22nd. I'll be back with another one